So what are you going to tell us, tough guys? My usual. Zero. Nothing. Ladies and gents. Welcome back. What's going on? This is the Pop Culture Podcast. Hope you're all doing really well. Just got back from a little gym workout. I went down to. I'm in Central Point at the moment, and Central Point it's like a it's like a Ballarat if you're an Australian. You want an Australian reference? It's like a big Ballarat of of Victoria, I think. So it's like a weird place. There's there's not heaps going on, but at the same time, it's it's beautiful. I mean, I love being here. The weather, I only speak in US now, so the weather's about 100 degrees every day. If you Australians or, or British listeners don't understand that, well, just get an education, essentially. Get with the time. Stop using Celsius. Huh? Get with the greatest country in the world is what I say. Because I've pretty much become a local. I, I am a local now. I've, uh, I've been blending into to the local comedy scene. I'm a, part of the, uh, I'm a part of the fabric of the town now, essentially, is, is the feeling that people are giving me. And that's not an arrogant comment. That's just an observation. But uh, that's an arrogant comment. It's just a joke. I'm mucking around. I have been enjoying the, the local scene, though. I went, down to, I went down to, I think I might have told you about this last week. There's, a, there's an open mic comedy room in, uh, in Central Point. It's called Johnny B's. And man, Johnny B's, they, they call it open mic, but man, the quality last night was ridiculous. I went down there and it was it was one of those open mic comedy rooms where there's like uh, a couple of comedians just sprinkled into the music set. So it's a really strange vibe, but it's the, it's the best vibe. It's awesome because the the musicians were insane. The, honestly, honestly, they had, they had three bands. The first guy reminded me of the lead singer of Boy and Bear. I'm saying like that kind of quality and his voice was spot on. If you don't know Boy and Bear, Harlequin Dreams, 2013, personal favourite album of theirs. And uh, it, it just it tripped me out because if you go to an open mic scene of any kind in Melbourne, you're just going to watch, I think, from my experience, you're going to watch bullshit quality for an hour until you can take it no more. Um, and, you you know, you just try and subtly sneak out the back of the room without anyone noticing you so you don't look like an asshole because uh, you don't want to support their dreams in their music and uh, you don't even want to be there for the next song, to be honest. So I was kind of going down there expecting that because I've been to enough open mic scenes now to know what to expect. It's the, it's universally true, I thought. Like, the comedy's going to be shit, the music's going to be shit, the spoken word's going to be shit, and you are flabbergasted if uh, if there's any quality coming out of there. And last night I was flabbergasted. There was a... Yeah, that, that had the Harlequin Dreams guy go up and then some acoustic chick just got up there and... She's a she's a rock and roller. I was looking at her and and I was thinking about people in the church that I used to go to. I used to tease people in my church, a Pentecostal church, just as clarification. Pentecostal churches, they're they're the ones with more of the spirit. That's what they that's what they're saying. And as a result, they can't maintain their emotions. They just have to they have to let them fly. So you see them running around with flags and and doing these ones and dancing. And that's where all the praying in tongues happens. Which is I mean, which is fine if you're into it. But it's always interesting. It's always interesting to sit back and watch, especially when you haven't been for a while. I remember I started to get used to that at my first church, and then my mum came, and she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, mate, you can't say that here. You have to pretend we don't say those words when we're in church, and then when we get home, we can just go straight back to saying it, you know? But, uh, yeah, you take a little bit of time away, and you go back, and you go, oh, this is different. But but there was a, this acoustic chick last night. I reckon if she went to a church, it'd be it'd be a Pentecostal church because she had she had a lot going on. She had a lot of moves going on. She had a lot of arm movements. But you know what she had which allowed her to do it all? She, just talent. She was so good. She was so good on guitar. Her voice was ridiculous. Awesome. Awesome. She was eating a kebab just before she got on stage. I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. She got up and started singing, and I thought, oh, my goodness. 
This is incredible. It's it's one of those vibes that, you, I don't know, you just get a new appreciation for music, I reckon. I came home and I watched that Guitar Moves with, have you seen that? That It's not a documentary, it's like an interview series where a guy just goes and interviews rock and rollers from, from all different genres. He goes and interviews Keith Richards and what this guy loves, he loves sitting back, having a cigarette and a drink with these artists. And then, and then just jamming with them a little bit, like getting his guitar out, they get their guitar, and they just jam, a little bit of fun. For the Keith Richards episode, it's funny, because you can tell he's pushing, he's pushing hard for Keith Richards to jam with him, and Keith is like, mate, do you know how much money I cost to bloody have a jam with, I can't remember if he's, he's British, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Do you know how much money I bloody cost to jam with, mate? You just focus on the questions. And the guy's like, oh, but, but Keith, I... I really want to jam with you. He's like, man, I'm far too expensive for that. You just worry, maybe next time, huh? Just in his voice that says, I've done so much pure cocaine in the history of my uh, music career. There's a slight disconnect with the emotional discomfort you're causing the poor interviewer right now. To be honest, so I think that interviewer, he's uh, he's been through a bit himself. I reckon he's got that look about him. No offense to him if he's a health freak. He's got that look about him that suggests, hey, I've, I've done a few drugs in my time. I've done a few drugs in my time. So, yeah, it was that kind of vibe. I came home and I was just motivated to watch that. But, man, it's an interesting room. It's weird up here as well because, uh, obviously, in Australia, though it's frowned upon, it's, I mean, though it's le- illegal, marijuana is it's fairly commonly used. And up here, we can drive around town. No joke, my, my brother-in-law and I, we were driving out to, to drop off a, a chopped-up tree. Here's an arborist to, like, an outback part of town. And uh, we got to one particular part of town. I was like, dude, I can smell someone smoking weed. He's like, you can't smell someone smoking weed, dude. You can smell like the paddocks of weed that surround us in this area. This is where it's all grown. And uh, I don't know why that's still amazing to me. I think it's amazing to me because we come from a nanny state. I was trying to explain that to someone last night. He's like, what's Australia like? I go, well, I can only really tell you about Melbourne because that's where I've spent most of my life. He goes, well, explain Melbourne. I said, well, like the United States, you'd put it as like we're fairly, fairly liberal, fairly progressive, like like a bunch of wankers <laughs> is how a lot of people I know put it, uh, which is fair. Like whenever soy latte is the drink of choice, uh, I, I think it's a fair comment. I'm not so- knocking soy latte drinkers because that's that's my drink of choice, and I'll, I'll happily wear the title wanker. Um, in fact, it's been bestowed upon me by by a whole heap of friends. So, um, I mean, I say that with love and grace to any of you soy latte drinkers out there. I think it's the best option if oat milk's not available. Uh, he goes, oh, okay, so what? You guys are super progressive and. He's like, well, there'd be an interesting drug scene. I said, well, interestingly not, it's all illegal. He goes, oh, so you mean you're conservative? I said, well, it's a confusing time for our state. We're uh, we're going through a little bit of a we're going through a little bit of a, a progression. I I don't know which way you put it. It depends which way you look at it. Maybe it's a regression. But not much. You're not allowed to do anything. You can't drink on the footpath there. In fairness, you can't do that here either. But it was funny. I was talking to this guy Anthony. You know when you you know when you just click with someone straight away and you're on the same page and. This guy came in, he had long curls, he's about six foot seven, no joke, he's a massive unit. And we started talking. He's the kind of guy, I, I introduced myself, and you can just tell by the smile that he's a good bloke. And I think he got the same vibe from me a little bit. I was giving out my best Australia vibes. And uh, we had a hug. And he's like, dude, like, it's great to have you here, man. I like you. Like, He was excited because I was going to get up and do my comedy. And I don't know what vibes I was giving him, but he goes to me, um, he goes, hey, dude, you want some shrooms? And I didn't quite hear him. And I was like, uh, say that again, man. He goes, dude, you want you want shrooms? And I was like, ah, oh, like mushrooms. He's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. I said, um, yes. That's exactly what I was hoping you would ask me. I wanted you to say in the next couple of minutes, would you like some shrooms? Because I've never tried them before. But he pulled out of his top pocket a completely sealed packet of these. 
Headspace, psilocybin gummies. I said, well, are they open? He goes, they're, they're fully packaged. I said, mate, where did you, are these legal? He goes, stop with all the questions. I said, no worries. So I, um, I'm obviously not going to use them. I'm just, uh, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's a trophy, essentially. Look at this. I just, I thought, I was quietly happy with the fact that I was giving out, I use mushroom vibes to this guy. On the back, it says, uh, Headspace psilocybin gummies, uh, they're crafted with care and infused with precision. Take a moment to breathe in the space around you or watch the space around you breathe, which is, which terrifies me, to be honest. I, uh, the idea of breathing in the space around you, hey, very relaxing. The idea of watching the space around you breathe, terrifying. What's happened there? There's been a there's been a slight shift in language and a, a real shake to the foundations of uh, uh, what reality consists of. So, uh, look, I've never tried them before, um, but, but I mean, I mean, they're there. I was. It's always interesting just to think about the vibe that that you're giving off to people, isn't it? Like, yeah, I often think about the things that people are tagging on Instagram. My wife's a great example. She's She's a bit more serious than me. I think when people see her, they know she's passionate about her teaching. She's quite a serious person. She'll have a joke when you get to know her, but she's very dry, very dry. And she's often tagged in, on Instagram in like beautiful moments in history. And I'm often tagged on Instagram of like a bloke getting his, his dick stuck in a door. And I, I always go, ah, isn't it interesting just the difference in the way that our friends perceive us? Like they see, I think I've told you about this before, but I just, I find it hard to fathom. Beautiful moment in history, we'll send that to Jess. A guy with his dick stuck in the door, Tice will love that. Wait, what am I, what do I need to improve? But but I felt like I upgraded a little bit last night. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know what it is. Maybe in the States, they, I'm, I'm being given a lot of drugs is the, is the truth. I, I got given a bag of marijuana last week. This week, I got given a bag of mushrooms. Next week, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be given a syringe and uh, a little vial of heroin. <laughs> so stay posted because, um, you know, in the next couple of in the next couple of months, I could be in rehab. I'm just telling you, it's uh, I'm very tempted with all of these things. On the back, I love this as well. It says microdose, take one to five. Therapeutic, you want five to twenty, and shamanic, you take twenty to fifty. That's ter- I- I'm gonna like if I did do this, which I won't. I would only start with a half. I reckon just to I just want to ease my ease my way into it. Because you've got to be kind of relaxed going into it. I'm the kind of guy I, I feel reality starts slipping away and I start trying to grab onto it more and more and more. Then my wife's, wife's head turns into a pineapple. I start to panic. Babe, you've half a fruit salad. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted around that. But yeah, that was my little adventure last night. I didn't get home till about, I think it was like 12.30, which is fine. But uh, I mean, when you're a dad, you got a little kid, you got to, you got to be ready for breakfast, and breakfast time's at 6, and I got up at 9.15. It's a weird vibe. I don't I don't really love getting up as late as I did today, because you, you get up, and you feel as though a little bit of the day's gone, and I got up to, hey, you're right to look after Charlie for a couple of hours, which is, I mean, I love my boy with all my heart, but that's that's a horrific way to start your day, to hear that you're on dad duty. Anyway. Hey, happy Pride Month. Have you noticed? You noticed BMW's page? I love BMW. BMW is good. BMW Australia. Their logo is the Pride BMW. BMW Saudi Arabia. Just the normal BMW logo. You've got to play to your crowd is what I'm saying. If they're beheading people for what you're celebrating, you can't be changing the flag to the Pride flag because you're not going to sell as many cars. 
All right, you can't be uh, you can't be celebrating something that's frowned upon where you're trying to sell your product. But if your product can be sold more effectively in a land like America, well, you better change the color of that logo, you bastard, because people are going through a hard time over here getting to walk down the main street in their arseless chaps with har- carrots hanging out of their assholes. And <laughs> I I think it's funny. I think it's very interesting. But it's it's funny how far we take it. It's like just. Just celebrating a gay a gay relationship isn't enough, or accepting it. Like no one's ever gone down the street and said, "Hey, let's celebrate like the nuclear family," <laughs> have they? Or is the argument there that that's what the last hundred years has been, and no one's a fan of it? I'm a fan of it. I'm a part of one right now, and I really like my wife and kids. But you can't say that anymore because it makes you an asshole. I love my wife and kids. What a bigot! <laughs> Clearly a Trump supporter. <laughs> Uh, it's funny how it works, isn't it? But yeah, Pride Month is, it is upon us. It is being forced upon us. I was about to say it's being jammed down our throat, but I think that's a, that's a pun, which is a little bit too risque for the topic that we're talking about. Do you know what I mean? It's a subject I don't know a lot about. Um, and it's a subject I'm not willing to learn about personally. My gag reflex is strong. I wouldn't be any good at it. And it's, it's one of those areas I'm sure I could develop it, but my interest in, in developing that particular skill, it just, it doesn't interest me. It'd be too, it'd be too hard to explain to my wife. Yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be a strange thing to explain to you. Babe, you know what? I've really worked on my gay reflex the last couple of months. How the hell did you do that? Well, Peter taught me. Oh, <laughs> funny Peter. I knew we shouldn't have gone to that church. Ah, he's such a naughty priest. That's not funny. I'm 35 years old, so the priest jokes aren't as relevant to me because I've got the ability to fight them off. But um, I saw this weird ad, actually. I wish I had my phone here so I could show you. There was this ad the other day. It was a, a company owned by Uber Eats. And the Uber Eats company, they're celebrating Pride Month by putting together a bottom-friendly menu. And it's exactly what you think it is. It's a, it's a menu of food that can be delivered to your house where if you're going to ha- be having a little bit of bum sex, these are the foods you should eat. And I, I just, I think, look, I've, th- this doesn't make me a homophobe. I'm not a homophobe. I'm happy to speak to any gay man. I'm happy to be friends with a gay man. I have a gay man who's a friend, which is always a sign that you're not a homophobe. We don't get on anymore because of a decision he made in his life about his sexuality. <laughs> no, we get on just fine. But, uh, but I really do. It's like I have a black friend as well. Akwasi Asai Ozzy Tutu. That's, uh, he's from Ghana, mate. So anytime someone says I'm racist, I go, hey, see what bloody Akwasi says about that. He always comes and he goes, he's a racist prick. He hasn't called me in three weeks. I was like, that's because you don't have your phone on you, mate. It's not because you're black. He's like, ah, no. <laughs> anyway, but it's uh, it's an easy argument to win. Anyway, this Pride Month, they're going, they're going hard with it. All right, I just, I've, there's a lot of puns here. All right, they're going hard with it. And I, I think the thing with gay men, though, is that they're not just going hard during during Pride Month. I think it's, it's just the thing. Men, are, I think, in general, are far more sexual. I've heard gay couples, they, I've heard a few stories about you guys. You guys, uh, you guys don't muck around. I know, because uh, my wife always says, I'm a microwave, I get warmed up quick. She's an oven, she takes a while to heat up. If you've got two microwaves in a room, Far out. Talk about efficiency. I think that's one thing that gay couples have in their in their favour. Like gay men, I'm sure gay women would be the the absolute opposite of of that. Like it'd take forever to. I mean, the kitchen would get clean quick, wouldn't it? That would get. That's, <laughs> but it'd just take forever to to get anywhere. Because who would who would be able to direct you on maps? Is my question. If you've got two lesbians in a car, then how are you getting to where you're going? It doesn't matter how much Google Maps tries to direct you. You're not. 
you're not going to make it on time. You're going to think it meant to go left here. When that was only the second exit of the roundabout, they wanted you to take the third. But you guys didn't know because your DNA didn't allow you to. But this, this, uh, this Uber Eats thing, hey, it's a, it's a bottom, it's a bottom-friendly menu. That's. I just. I think sometimes we've got to be careful not to push it too far. I think. I think. Uh, I don't know. There's just. I'm just upset that there's no. There's no straight man menu. Like, what can I eat? I heard the documentary Game Changers says that being a vegeta vegetarian gives you a better erection. Like that was. I think that was more just trying to win men over to eat less meat. I'm not even sure if it's completely true. And when you're working with a size like mine, does does an extra couple of centimeters matter? I mean, <laughs> what's the difference between next to nothing and almost nothing? Not much, really. But it goes fast, and that's what I say. I've got one kid and one on the way. So it works. All right, it works. Works best when my wife's sound asleep. <laughs> no, that's not true. She's always aware of what's going on. Usually. Or... She's checking her Instagram while I do what I got to do. Do you know what I mean? It's a it's about efficiency in the Popplestone household. And uh, anyway, we've we've found ourselves there again, ladies and gentlemen. It took us seventeen minutes to find it, but uh, but there we are. We're in we're in. We shouldn't have gone there, land. I think my problem with the bottom friendly menu is it doesn't offer much to lesbians, does it? Because lesbians aren't as interested in anal sex as what a couple of gay men are. There should be there should be a lesbian option as well. You can't just go leaving out the lesbians. Like what are you what are you gonna give them to, to make sure everything tastes as it should? I don't know the answer. It's a genuine question that you can't respond to, but but please do let me know. Send me a message. That's the thing, you've got to be careful with Pride Month. We can't just make it all about gay men gay men because all of a sudden in twenty years' time lesbians are gonna be like, Why is it that the patriarch patriarchy's already taken over bloody it's even taken over the gay stuff? This was supposed to be where we're equal. Hmm. I'm not 100% sure. I had an interesting conversation with a bloke last night. I was telling him about a, a joke I have about Shikari Richardson, who's a 100-meter sprinter, ran the fastest time of any American sprinter over the last 100 years, 10.69 seconds, which I think is the fastest since Florence Griffith Joyner, who died of a heart attack at a young age, which suggests proper performance-enhancing drugs, maybe steroids. I'm not sure. Maybe a poor diet. I don't know. It could have been anything. It could have been genes. Could have been a combination of all of those things, which I'm uh, I'm guessing it would have been. But she got done uh, for a performance-enhancing drug of marijuana, which every, every like most people know that uh, marijuana is not going to help you sprint that much faster. And the guy goes to me, goes, you know what a real performance-enhancing drug in sprinting is? Not being a white guy. <laughs> I thought, well, that's a fact. <laughs> Just, people hate it when you make those jokes. You can't say black men are faster runners and black women. But look at every record from... From the 60 metres indoor to the marathon. And then come back and argue with me. Tell me I'm wrong. You can't. The record books don't lie. No one ever looks at a 100 metre start line, sees a white guy next to a black guy and goes, this will be a good race. <laughs> have you ever thought that, honestly? What white guy have you ever seen line up next to Usain Bolt and thought, oh, I wonder who'll win this? I reckon before we start introducing like uh, transsexual sports, trying to figure out how the men and women go together in one particular sport, I reckon we've got to figure out how white men and black men can compete against each other in the 100-meter sprint because right now that's the most unfair advantage that's going on in the history of sport. I feel like we need to get our priorities right. Stop putting the white men next to the black men in the sprint. It's not a fair race. I'll tell you who's going to win. <laughs> 
the black guy. Do you know what I mean? This is why I feel even more sorry for for women's sports because now we've got com- the guys converting to women. Imagine the black man who converts to a black woman lines up in the in the hundred meter sprint against Australian up and coming sprinter. <laughs> He's going to come out and run nine point nine four seconds. You know, she'll be lucky to break 11. I'm not sure what the Australian record is over a 100-meter sprint, but what I'm saying is the world record's going to get faster if we uh, if we don't look into this scene a little bit more closely. I know you're not allowed to say this stuff, but I'm just I'm just flirting with the idea. And it's not as scary. I was on stage last night saying this joke, actually. I was talking to a couple of people, and uh, I said, look, I just uh, can you just put your hand up if you're offended by this? No one put their hand up. I said, I just want to clarify now because I'm, I'm well aware of the fact that guns are well and truly legal here. <laughs> I forget about that. Our guns got taken away from us 25 years ago, and then they said, "Hey, lockdown for two years." We go, "Okay." We, we just lined up in our in our bedrooms with a pea shooter, just in case anyone tries to come and take over. We've got like uh, we've got eggs. You know that happened a few years ago. My wife and I we lived on the sixth floor of a Hawthorne apartment. The government wasn't trying to take over, but there were people. So we were right over a car park, Circle Lane in Melbourne. I recorded a podcast here a couple of weeks ago, actually, in case the name sounded familiar. They were having a party. It was getting super, super late, and they were all out there because they had their brand-new cars. And it was about midnight. We had Charlie. He was a couple of months old. And we went outside and go, guys, keep it down. And one guy just yells, like, he couldn't see us because it was dark. He just yelled, hey, fuck you. I don't know. He wasn't American. I think I did that because I'm in America now. And so we thought, well, they were Lebanese, actually, so it was the opposite of the American accent. If you look that up, the Lebanese accent is the direct opposite of the American accent. They didn't listen. They kept doing it, kept pumping their music. So so Jesse and I went out there with a six-pack of eggs. I didn't want to hit their car, but I just wanted to make them think I was trying to. And with the lights off, we just started chucking eggs down at them. And they, they put up a tough fight. Hey, stop throwing... Uh, how does a... Hey, stop throwing eggs, you... How does a Lebanese accent go? Hey, bro, stop throwing eggs, bro. Stop throwing eggs at my car, bro. This is my new fucking car, bro. Are you serious? Throwing eggs at my car? They were sort of doing that. And we just kept them coming, kept them coming. And th- no joke, 45 seconds later, they were out of there. They were gone. Because everyone knows you don't get in between a Lebanese man and his car. I wouldn't have done that if I was on a lower floor. Because those Lebanese are sneaky. They would climb up your window and bash your daughter. I mean, that's a wild stereotype, isn't it? It's a wild, it's a wild leap. So I'd like to apologise to any Lebanese men and women out there. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's true, but it worked that night. They got out of there. I think the thing I like about America is how friendly people are. I feel like people are always surprised when you're nice to them here. Like I, I try and be as nice as I can anywhere I go. I was in a, Like when I'm in Australia, I'll give people a smile. I'll say, hey, you're going. Um, you know, I'm... I'm I just like being nice. It's sometimes I don't even like to do it. I think maybe a little bit of it is just personality type. Not to not to drop a how nice am I humble brag into this podcast, but that's exactly what it was. Um, sometimes I can be a prick, but most of the time I can be I can be not. Jesse, I'm glad Jesse's not listening to this podcast because uh, she would confirm that I can be a prick, uh, which we don't need because I've already told you you don't need independent stories. Uh, yeah, but people here. I went to the gym just before I walked in. I saw a guy, I go, how you going? He was genuinely shocked. He goes, hey, I'm, I'm well, thank you, sir. I'm very well, thank you. How are you going? I was like, I'm good too now. I said, your enthusiasm's re-sparked my enthusiasm. He goes, sir, your, th- your enthusiasm sparked. I go, you don't have to call me sir. My name's Tusty. He goes, you know what? I'm going to call you sir. <laughs> no worries. You're 57 years old, 22 years my senior. But I, I appreciate the respect that you're throwing my way right now. 
he's a lovely guy. And that's a common vibe over here. I just I feel like whenever you greet someone with a little bit of love, they, they, they're genuinely shocked. I think America, I don't know, I love my Australians. So if you're listening to this, I love you. But I, I think Americans are nicer than Australians. Australians, we've got this reputation somehow of, of being laid back, being super happy. I think in Australians' minds where we, we, we genuinely believe we're the nicest people in the world. But then you ask some people who have been to Australia, they're like, no, nah, I don't really get your humour. They're, they're a little bit cold, maybe. They're a little bit standoffish. They're not very welcoming. I had a girl just move back to uh, a friend of mine. She came over from Holland with, uh, with a good friend of mine, Jolie, and they moved back, and, and she said to me, she said, yeah, I mean, Australians, they're fine, but they're, they're nothing on the Dutch. Like the du- Dutch people are friendly. I think it's in their accent. You can't take a Dutch accent seriously, can you? I mean that with all due respect because I love Dutch people. I've never met I've never met a Dutch person I wasn't a fan of. But uh, but when they get angry, it's just it sounds so silly. It's like a broken South African accent, I think. It's like yeah, it's like they're trying to be South African, but they qu- haven't quite nailed the accent. The Dutch is the silliest accent in the world. I think it's fair to say. Chinese is pretty funny as well. Like to an Australian. To an Australian, I listen to a Chinese accent. I go, come on, mate, you can't say that. Like, it can't be fair that an accent sounds so funny, whether it's Dutch or Chinese, and and an Australian's not allowed to laugh at it. We should be allowed to laugh at it. They laugh at us. I'm pretty sure. I've got no examples of that, but it just it makes me feel as though my stereotype will be more easily accepted if I if I tell you that they laugh at us. I want I want to win you over so you're not sitting there going, man, this guy's racist. I remember I used to think racism was just against people the opposite colour of you. I think a Chinese person is just a a, a well sunned Australian person. It's just an Australian person with a tan. It's what we're what we're going for really, I think. Is it? Maybe the uh actually maybe there's a slight difference in the pigment between like a South American and a Chinese. Maybe it's the South American skin that we're going for, that real olive that real olive skin. Speaking of South America, that's one place I really want to go. I'm not going to get to travel much while I'm here because I've obviously got my little man, got my wife. We don't want to travel around a, a too much. If I, was a, if I was a single man or if it was just me and Jesse, I think we'd be, be traveling around a little bit more than we're going to. But, but South America is one place I've I got to get to. I want, have you seen that documentary, Olé, 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 on, on Netflix about... It was about the Rolling Stones. I don't know if it was their final tour around South America or just one of their tours, but it was. I think it was the biggest tour. I think it was one of the biggest tour. They talk about some of the political hurdles they had to jump over, and I had no idea they had such a huge following over there. The The Rolling Stones fan base in uh, in South America is, is off its nuggets. Maybe that goes without saying that anywhere around the world, the Rolling Stones fan base is, is pretty ridiculous, but South America, man, they love them. Ole 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 is the documentary. You've got to get on it. I always think I made a wrong career choice. Whenever I watch something like that, I'm like, I should have done more drugs and played guitar. If I'd have just done more drugs and played guitar, I would have, you know. That's the problem, though, in the music scene. Not everyone makes it. Some of them just end up as bums. And that's a sad side. Of, that's, the ride, that's the ride you take. Though. I guess the same is true in comedy. It's weird how if you reach a certain level of fame, that kind of drug use can be perceived as cool by some people. Like, and by some people, I mean myself. I look at Keith Richards and I go, man, like cocaine is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then I look at someone who has a coke habit, who just lives on the street. They've got no front teeth, no money coming in, no tap. 
Sorry about that. If you're watching this, I'll just, uh, I'll just bang my leg on the table real hard. I tried to keep a straight face for you because I didn't want the pain to come through, but the, the camera almost fell off. But if you're a coked-up junkie, it's, it's not as cool. But you're not going to know whether it's a cool decision until you until you make it or you don't. And, uh, I, I mean, Joe Rogan talks about this. He goes, I thought you should have, used to just have heaps of issues if you want to make it as a comedian. But the truth is you don't really. You just have to have good, funny jokes. Maybe a funny face a little bit. I think... Uh, so I always say to Jessica, babe, there's no way I can make it as a comedian. She goes, why not? I go, I'm far too good looking. She goes, mate, if looks have anything to do with it, you'll make it, no worries. I go, what are you trying to say? She goes, you look, you just look like a flog. And more than that, you are a flog. You don't just look like one, but you are one. And so we've been married for 10 years now. So that kind of that kind of conversation comes up, you know, fairly regularly in our marriage now. But but things are going good onwards and upwards. <laughs> I'm just joking. It made it sound like our marriage is really on the rocks. It's not. We're going great. Even that, I feel like I, I sound ironic, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not ironic. I'm the thing. I'm looking at it right now. This is this is what women are good for. Like a lot of things. I'm not just saying it's only this one thing. There's no such thing as women anymore. Anyway, is there? It's just uh, gender's not real anymore, is it? So you can say what you want about either, and no one can get angry. You can say, hey, women belong in the kitchen. That means nothing. Men belong in the kitchen. That means, what? A, that still sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? They shouldn't be there. They should be out with their mates doing whatever they want. Huh? Come home to a nice warm meal. So I say that tongue in cheek, but actually I feel as though, uh, I feel as though gender roles are a, a pretty cool <laughs> a pretty cool thing. I say that because I just don't want to cook. I want to go with my friends. I want my wife to, I want my wife to cook for me. But yeah, I mean, I'm asking for a fair bit there. Joking, I'm joking, of course. All right, I reckon even if it's just four times a week, it'd be fine. I'm not expecting it every night. I just, I just want four hot meals a week where I can just go out and do whatever I want. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, if you know, I'm, I'm mucking around. So I just, I feel like I got to clarify that. I was thinking the other day, it was, um, it was weird for me growing up. My mum used to, I used to feel like a dumbass all the time because mum used to ask me rhetorical questions, and at the time, I didn't know they were rhetorical. <laughs> do you know do you know how stressful that is and she always asked the questions at pro, like at times which just seemed most irrelevant it'd throw me off it was like i didn't even have time to prepare for it so i'd wake up i go hey mum, do i have to go to school today and she'd go is the pope catholic and i was like what is this a test like if i get this right do i have to go to school <laughs> like i don't know i'm not just actually stuff i'm just gonna go to school and see if they teach me i just want to i'll just go and find out if it's real i don't want to i don't want to get in this i just feel so dumb right now Mum, can I have ice cream? Toss, is the sky blue? Wait, uh, is that a trick question? I'm, I just forget the ice, stuff at mum. I didn't even want. I don't know. What's the? What are you? Why are you asking me these questions? Just yes or no. I'm just. I just wanted ice cream, if you don't mind. That's. Uh, uh, do you love me? Is the grass wet? What? Wait, that wasn't a. That wasn't even a rhetorical question. It's meant to be his water wet. I, I literally looked at sprinklers falling onto the grass as I said that, and it threw me off. That's why you got to be on your feet, Tice. You can't just be drifting away with the with the state of the nature around you. It's the I, th I think this is permeating the air. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, I'm becoming one with nature. These headspace gummies are. It'd be so much fun to take one on this actual podcast. I'm I, I'm genuinely nervous though. Like I'm gen and I don't know if it's legal. That's why I'm not taking it. 
I don't even know if it's legal. I'm going to dispose of these ASAP because I, I'm not having any uh, any illegal substance in my house. But I mean, it's been packaged and sold. That was a good thing about these as well. They're grown organically on this guy's farm, and then he gives them to a friend, and she converts it for for his company, or for her company. So he sells the mushrooms, she makes the product, and he gives it out to friendly Australians at random nightclubs on the uh, on a Tuesday night at eleven twenty three. Anyway. My um, my sponsor child, I, uh, I, I, had a, I had a sponsor child, Jeffrey Kaiwalabai from Uganda. Had him for about six years. He wrote us a letter the other day to say he's graduated from the program. More than that, he's moving to the United States to become a lawyer, which is which is huge. He he wrote me like a final letter of the sponsorship, and he said, "Hey, um, hey, Tyson, I just wanted to thank you and your family for everything you've done. Um, what could I possibly ever do to show you how grateful I am?" And I wrote back to him, I go, mate, can you just pay me back? <laughs> Even if it's just 50 bucks a month. There's 50 bucks a month for a few years. I'll send you updates on how things are going over my way. I'll let you know what I'm using the money for. I'm in a tough spot, Jeff, is what I'm saying. I mean, I've supported you all this way. The least you could do is just give it back if you can. Come on. You're onto a good wicket now, little Jeffy boy. Jeffy from Uganda. That's... Uh... That's funny. He's excited. He's excited to be coming to the United States. It is funny, though. You, I always think African tribes, I always think people from African tribes look at what we've got, and they're, they're incredibly jealous. Then I watched that documentary the other day, uh, What is a Woman? And I realized they just they just think we're freaks in a lot of, in a lot of instances. Because Matt Walsh, the documentary, I don't know what you call him. He's like the producer, the interviewer. Um, maybe he was the director. Maybe he just did it. Maybe he did all of it. He went over and explained just some of the challenges that the Western world is having at the moment when it comes to gender. He said to some of the tribal women over there, hey, what's a woman? And they just said, it's someone who gives birth. And they said, uh, can a man do that? And they said, no. And I was like, these bloody uneducated tribal bitches. <laughs> you can't be saying that in 2022. huh? You'll never make it in America. We're not racist. We just hate your views. It's not because you're black you can't come. It's just because you said that men can't have a baby that you can't come over here. So crazy. I remember being at school and people say, it's weird that this is even controversial. Like the first thing I learned was, okay, Sarah's a girl. Michael's a boy. So, ah, I remember, I remember as a kid, like when you're in primary school and you have swimming lessons, I remember being in prep, preschool. And... Uh, it was so funny to me because me and my, my, my little mates would stand in one corner. We had all the willies. And then we just learnt that girls have, they don't have a willy. And we would tease them about it because we just thought, you know, we thought we had the right thing. They had the wrong thing. They would stand over the other side. and like, ah, you guys don't have a willy. You go. And they, they would just gang up together because you got changed. in. I don't know if this still happens, but you got changed in the same change room at that age. And they would gang up and they would just get there. Not everyone needs a willy. You can do whatever you can do with a willy with this. And I was like, oh, how wrong, how wrong are these bitches? <laughs> huh? Hey, try doing a helicopter with that. What are you going to be able to do with that? Absolutely nothing. Good luck swinging that. If you've got no lips, you're not going to swing. It's a disgusting image, isn't it? It's a disgusting image. But in 2022, apparently women can do a helicopter. And you can't argue it. Otherwise, you're a bigot. You're part of the patriarchy. And that's just there's, there's the end of the conversation. Oh, anyway, that's so silly. Did you um? Did you guys see that article about the that chick Amy Cups? I think she's a. 
I say I think. There's no way to there's no way to set this story up that makes it sound like I'm not a paying member of her OnlyFans. I'm not. I don't use the site. Not a part of my healthy marriage I have here. You can ask. I mean, my, I keep my search history open. Is what I'm saying. And uh, Amy Cups. I, I read this morning on News.com. So she was a former school teacher. She's pregnant with a former student of hers. And I thought, mate, good boy. <laughs> good boy. We had I had teachers growing up that I, I thought were attractive. I had teachers growing up that my friends thought were attractive. I remember year nine, Miss Neal, the maths teacher at my school. There was a lot of guys that had a crush on her. She was lovely. She wasn't necessarily my type. Lovely person though. As you get older, you start to see uh, you start to see a different different side of beauty. I saw a photo of her a while ago. I go, okay. I was just late to the party. I was undeveloped, uninterested member of my school class with a particular disinterest in maths. So I probably put all those things together and, and didn't quite see the glamour that everyone else was seeing. But my mates who loved algebra, I tell you what. I didn't mind a little bit of Miss Neil, but it was funny because you you look at that and as a as a kid you never think about the fact that hey there's a realistic I don't know how realistic it is but there is a chance that when you grow up because what I was fifteen in year nine she would have been maybe thirty if you get to thirty it teaches forty five your former teacher I mean it's not off the cards forty five there like I guess this is arguable I'm not saying it's true for all women a little bit past their use by date but men are just coming to their peak a little bit I know okay I'm, I'm making some broad strokes here I'd like to apologize to absolutely nobody especially the bitches <laughs> wow wow I am very sorry to any female listener to this podcast that is horrific and horrendous I retract that comment immediately but uh I always think it's funny just the difference between men and women in this instance. People say, no, there is no such thing as gender. And then you're like, uh, you know, your female teacher had sex with your 15-year-old student. You go, oh, shit, that's not right. Why can't you do that? Then you say a 25-year-old man had sex with his 18-year-old student. You go, oh, he's an asshole. This is the problem with the patriarchy. You go, wait, you can't have it both ways, I don't think. Is there a man? Is there a woman? What about, like, his age a thing as well? Is age and gender and uh, colour and... I reckon it's fun. I'm going to start identifying. In Australia, they always say, do you identify as an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander? I'm just going to start saying, yeah. Like, if we're playing that game, I'm just I'm taking all the benefits. Do you know what I mean? I'm taking all the benefits. I'm going to, I'm going to identify as disabled. I'm going to identify as a man who has a, a large penis, which is a massive lie. <laughs> I like that you can identify as different things. It's fun. Next couple of weeks, I'm going to be identifying as a single dad who's in a bachelor pad and not helping around the house. See how that one goes down for you, old Ticey boy. Divorce is on the horizon. I'm just joking. I'm not getting a divorce. Jesse would be devastated. It's funny. When I was at the gym before, there was a uh, there's a sign up in the gym and it says, hey, uh, members must train with a shirt on. I thought that's a sign. That's only a sign that you're going to see in America, isn't it? You're not going to see that sign anywhere else because some some 22 year old bloke who's just on a new steroids program, he stepped into the gym and he thought, you know what, my pecs look that good today. I, just, I can't hide them anymore. I'm going to get this shirt. I I need to show people what I've got. 
I need to show, but so he's laying down on the bench press with the back sweat, just dripping down to the side, just showing, and females aren't as interested in the body as what men are, I think, so they come past and go, that is repulsive, why has that guy got his shirt off, how arrogant is he, and then another guy, an up and comer, goes, well, if Michael can do it, look at the size of his pecs, I'm not getting anyone, uh, you know, telling me what to do, if they're not telling Michael what to do, I'll train with my shirt off, meanwhile, this poor bloody bugger's a a middle distance runner, his pecs look ridiculous, because where his nipples are supposed to be is his rib cage, and um, you know, the staff member, I, I assume, would have just had enough at one point and go, you know, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. We're going to put a sign up that says, look, this should go without saying, but men, you just train with your shirt on. I do kind of get it, though, because it was warm there today, and I did have a, I had a momentary feeling of, I would train with my shirt off if I could right now. I thought, well, maybe these signs are, uh, are more working on my subconscious, more just, hey, letting me know deep down, hey, if you even think about taking your shirt off, don't. Stop it. Stop doing that. Stop thinking that way. You can't do it. See, American swagger, that's what I like. See, American swagger is what I call it. Little things are confusing here. I tried to fill up my Jeep yesterday and... Um, over here, they they do a uh, they they fill the oop, they fill the car up for you. Sorry, if you're just listening to this, that oop was because I uh, almost banged my head on my microphone. We're in a cozy little corner of the house right here, so I've got to make space with what I do. And as a man who's just left a gym, I'm taking up more space than what I usually would. And so, uh, and so, it's a little bit cozy. What was I? I was just about to tell you guys something. I threw myself off and almost banged my chin on the microphone. What It doesn't matter. One thing I wanted to tell you about yesterday was my, my brother-in-law bought a sailboat, which to me is the most boring thing I could ever imagine. It's just I have no interest in sailing. I have, he's, I have no interest in anything that requires me to tie a knot, untangle cords, put up a sail, pack a paddle, have to waterproof my clothes. Uh... I'm just, I'm not interested in that kind of thing. And some guys, it just, it gets and go. My limit is golf. If I can pack my golf clubs, golf balls, I'll put my clothes on and drive to the golf course. That's as far as I go. That's why I love running. All you need for running is a pair of shorts and a pair of shoes. And you're set. Go and enjoy your run. But you want to buy a sailboat. This is the thing. He said to me, hey, do you mind coming to give me a hand to put up my sailboat? And with, he goes, I actually really need a hand. And with all my heart, I wanted just to say to his face, I despise you for that question. There is nothing I would like less than to help you with your stupid sailboat. I think it's disgusting. I think it's boring. And I get seasick. So even when we get to celebrate the hard work of putting up the sail, you know what my reward is? I get to vomit on the brand new deck of your stupid dumb boat. Happy, have a good day, Tice. Thanks for your help. Now, vomit up the pasta I cooked you last night. Thank you. So so we got there, and uh, it's just it's funny the passion that people have about these things. Pro- truthfully, though, it's never as bad as what I make it up in my head. In my head, I go, this is going to be the worst day of my life. I've got to tie a friggin' knot. I've got to listen to some muppet tell me to go get a wrench from a bloody toolbox. I don't know which one the wrench is. Is that, is that a screwdriver? And so I have to just look like a muppet because uh, I don't know what these muppets are talking about putting up their dumb sailboat. But it's been a it's been a problem for as long as I can remember. I used to hate outdoor education camp at school because they would send me a list of everything you need to take to camp, and I go, I don't want to go to camp. They go, it's compulsory. I said, well, don't make me pack this. They said, then you're going to be cold. I said, well, you see the problem here. I don't want to do this, and 
as a result, I'm, I'm not giving you the interest or the attention that you feel you deserve for your stupid little holiday. Um, yeah, so we got down there and, and Dave and Steve were there helping us out. Dave and Steve had been friends for 30 years, getting ready for their Alaska trip. And Dave and Steve were both very passionate about it. And thank God, Dave was actually, he was a good guy, like a really good guy. He'd had this sailboat for, I think, since the 70s, maybe. Or maybe it was built in the 70s. I think he'd had it for like 25 years and couldn't sail anymore because he had a knee operation. It was just, I wanna, I'm the kind of guy, I want to share the passion with my friends. I want to share the passion of what they're getting involved in with my friends. But when it comes to a sailboat, you could just see right through me. And by the end of the day, Sam just apologized to me. He goes, mate, I'm sorry you had to do that. I go, look, it was, I mean, it was a tough day. It was a tough day. It was a tough day for me. It was a tough day for you. But... The only difference is you uh, you enjoyed the hard work. I I, I absolutely despised it. <laughs> yeah, the, the less you need to make something work, I think is is a better option for me. Like, I, I often just walk around in shorts because I'm like, you know what? Like the less I have to, there's enough to think about already. Like why do you have to get a sailboat? Haven't you got enough stuff to think about? Now you got to think about, all right, where do we store the trailer? How do I put the mast down? It was actually, I mean, I felt like a boss driving into the sailboat. We, we, we did. We put it in the water, and we, we had to steer it around like this little marina. And we had to get it, like the boat's this fat. We had to get it into a gap this wide. And thank God I had nothing to do with it. I was just there with a stick trying to poke off other boats in case we hit it. There's $100,000 boats all around us. And, uh, I mean, it was a high-stress job. And, and for a job that you didn't want to be at, being responsible as the bloke who didn't let other boats get dented was, oh, it's a big ask. Because if anything went wrong, not only did you sacrifice your day to help do something you hated, you had you also you also were the bad guy as a result. I nailed it. Sam nailed it. He got into that little bloody little tiny hole. A, a bloke called Andy, a couple of boats up, was like, "Hey, well done, well done." As we were coming around, Sam and I were talking about how scared we were about parking this boat in this impossible size gap. And as he was trying to do it, this bloke came around to him and said, uh, he goes, hey, it's a nice looking sailboat. And uh, Sam was trying, he's a, he's a real social guy, he's a lovely guy. He was trying to have a conversation, but watching his face as he was trying to navigate how he's going to get into this stupid little gap while talking to this dumb old man who had a mutual interest in sailboats was one of the one of the fa- most fantastic things I'd ever seen. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a good day, really. I'm, I'm, I'm talking smack a little bit just because I spoke smack about it with Sammy yesterday. That's what I was going to tell you before. Before I, I threw myself off, there's a few differences over here. One of the things was, uh, yeah, yesterday I'm rocking around in this sexy little Jeep at the moment because that's just, uh, that was a car that was lent to us by my in-laws. in-laws. And it's tricky. You look like a freak because you get out of the car at the petrol station just to try and fill your own tank. And people are like, no, no, you don't. What are you doing? Not in America, mate. Sit back in your car, you big fat bastard. Let me do it for you. It's a nice little addition. It's nice little. Uh, it's like, it's like somewhere in Greece they give you a free shot of rakia or grappa or or something of of that sort, like a fermented drink before you start your meal. It's like a nice way to get the meal started. And I feel like just getting your car filled for you is. I mean, it's just a nice little, it's a nice little gift. It's a nice little, hey, have a good day. I'm here for you. The other thing I like about the laziness of Americans is they have a lot of drive-through coffee spots. My sister-in-law works at a place called Dutch Bros. And actually, this, uh, this is a, she's the marketing man. Don't mind that hair. Wow, I put that on to cover that up. Love abounds, baby. Love abounds. That is merch from Dutch Bros. Dutch Bros is like a, a coffee shop, which I think they're selling for like $30 a share at the moment. I might have just made that up completely. I, I did Google it yesterday, but I forgot. Um, 
I think I did make that up. I think it's less than that. But these guys have been around since 1992. I saw on Wikipedia in 2022 they did $500 million of revenue, which is what a coffee shop drive through should do. In Australia, there's a few, but they just, we're too wanky, I think. We like our, we like our, uh, as I said at the start of this podcast, our oat milk, soy milk lattes. Um, you can't be getting that in a hurry. So I think over here, the, the coffee quality is a little bit shit compared to what we get back home. But I tell you what, when you've got Dutch bros and you're serving them out left, right and center like a big batch brew, well, what would you take? A quality coffee or 500 million? I know what I would take. But I'm a huge coffee fan, so 500 million is a lot to turn down. I'm just joking. I'd take the 500 million for sure. I'd live on green tea. 2017, I didn't drink coffee anyway. I had the year off. I just wanted to see if I could do it, and I did. I lasted on green tea. It was uh, it was one of the saddest years of my life. I got home, and I was very excited to get back into coffee. Got back to Melbourne, and the coffees that were $3.50 before I left were now 5 bucks. Hey, welcome back to Melbourne, cockhead. <laughs> we're glad to have you here. Anyway, hey, we're going out for a little dinner date tonight. We've got the kids a babysitter. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a double date with the in-laws, which is which is gonna be good. Um, it should be fun. Anyway, but I'll uh, I'm looking forward to keeping you posted. I'll keep you on track. Next week I'll be back with a, another little episode. I might even update you on the on the outcome of these bad boys. But truthfully. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. Anyway, I can't wait to. I can't wait to feed you guys. You have a great rest of your week. Much love. Thanks for stopping by. It's uh, it's good to have you here. I really appreciate it. Um. All right, I'll leave you to it. Much love. Give your wife a kiss from me, and uh, and I'll see you all here soon. All right, catch you later. Mm-hmm.